following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. I don't know, man. I, I think I'd rather have a cat than like a fish tank. What the fuck? No, we currently no, you're drunk. Uh. Ah! Damn, that's scary. Pyramid Lake is wonderful. It's awesome. It's this beautiful desert lake out here. It's like literally in the middle of a fucking desert. Very spooky. Um, it is so spooky because it's haunted. It's totally haunted. There's a bunch of crazy shit going on. Of course, you know, there's a monster in there. Yeah. Uh, there's all these legends and shit that it kills white people. There's apparently an F-16 at the bottom of the lake. The spirit of Vietnam lives on in uh, Pyramid Lake. But the, like, the one thing that will really fuck you up. Oh? The water babies. <laughs> now, I know you know about the water babies because when we were out there, we, uh, we heard some locals talk about them, right? Yeah, they said we're not supposed to talk about them, though, man. I'm getting oh, I'm talking about them to all <laughs> thousand listeners out there right now. The water Be babies careful. are fucking real. No, no. Yes, the water babies are a cryptid that live out at Pyramid Lake, and mm-hmm. I think they're in a couple other lakes across the country. Which ones? Uh, so I'm camping out at this lake, yeah. and it's it's the middle of the night. I'm sound asleep because mm-hmm. I'm passed out after drinking a bottle of, of scotch by myself by a fire, and I hear a baby start to cry. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So I, op- I open up the tent, I go out there with the flashlight and all, and I, I take a few steps out and I'm really hearing this baby just crying, right? Mm-hmm. It's like one of, this thing like fell out of Angelina Jolie's pussy. Like a uh, watermelon dropping into a bathtub, got it. Basically, yeah. And I'm hearing it crying, 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 but, there's, but then it dawned on me where I was. On the lake. Pyramid Lake. Now the, the most water haunted babies, lake in Nevada. Where the water babies are. Mm. Now the water babies are a cryptid that are kind of like the face huggers from alien, but they cry and they lure you in. And when you get close enough, cause you're walking around you're like, Hey, who left a fucking baby out here? Next thing you know, tentacles grab your neck, drag you into the fucking lake and you're never to be seen again. So they're kind of like a jellyfish is what you're saying. No, a water baby. Oh. These things are just there to kill. Greg, are you not following the water babies and how how detrimental they are? No, I'm a little confused, actually. How do they cry what? underwater? They, they, they just cry, Greg. I don't know. Do they make bubbles? Is it like a foam? I mean, it's not Sonic the Hedgehog down there. I think they come to the surface, mm-hmm. and then snatch you and drag you in, and they take you back to their pack, and they pick you clean. Okay, so my question is, if they have to pop up every once in a while for both air and noise. Like a turtle. You just bring like a tennis racket out there and give them a little like whack-a-mole from the side of your boat. I mean, I, I guess that would work. Honestly, it sounds kind of fun. You know what? It kind of does. When do you ever really get to hit a fucking baby with a tennis racket? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> well, you should come to Pyramid Lake. Dear baby, <laughs> welcome to Dumpville. Population... <laughs> you hey everybody we're We're damn
My name is Micah. I am coming out of Reno, Nevada. Over there in Buffalo, New York Hello. is Greg. Greg, say hi to the fans. You stare, you glare, you constantly try to compare me, but you can't get near me. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, Greg, what are you drinking over there, baby? Well, I've got a Coors Light that I'm drinking out of the bottom of an old bag that used to have a bunch of shoes in it. Well, Greg, I hate to be that guy, but I pulled out the special one because this is episode 87. As we know, 87 is a very important number to me. Mm -hmm. um, I pulled out a bottle of Rip Van Winkle. I noticed that. I can tell by the color. Yeah. Can you smell it from there? Uh, yeah. Actually, you know, it's wafting across the country. Just smells like money, Greg. Craig. Rip Van Winkle goes for about $1,200 a bottle. And mm -hmm. let me just... Uh, Oh my God. Oh, isn't that good? Not pretty good. Do you want to know what liquid sex tastes like? Oh, yeah. It's like jizz. It tastes like jizz and sweat. Oh, so good. So good. Mm. Yeah, you can buy that off the internet. I don't know if you knew that. You're spending way too much money on your liquid sex, my friend. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's a mixture of lube, semen, and perspiration. $4.99 a bottle. Do you remember when spermicide was a thing? Nope. Okay, Greg. So as you uh, as you know, we are continuing full moon. We stepped away from the werewolves and we're going into full moon pictures. There's no rules when it comes to full moon July canthropy. Yeah, July yeah, can't deny. Look at that. I just came in your eye, baby. Oh, that's pretty good. I like that. Can we change the theme? Can we call it July whatever in your eye? What did you just say? I said July came in your eye. Not going to deny. It may be a sty. Hey, there's Bill Nye. Look out. Here comes a pie. I feel like you're just right on the edge of doing your, uh, <laughs> your Adam Sandler impression. I don't want to promote it, but yeah, I mean, you might as well. Just go right ahead. Nah, you know what? Because you provoked it, I don't want to do it now. Perfect. That's, that's what I'm getting at. I'm just trying to trying to nip this shit in the bud. You know, I know what you're doing right now, mm. and I don't like it. You're welcome, audience. <laughs> well, Greg, uh, I, like I mentioned, we are going to continue the full moon, uh, full moon theme here, doing full moon pictures, mm -hmm. covering a film that was actually blessed by the Vatican. I've heard, yeah. How do you get that kind of blessing? I think uh, the Pope just kind of farts in the wind and somehow you get pink eye. I don't know. It's like uh, the butterfly effect. That's what the butterfly effect is. It's just uh, the Pope farting and an Ashton Kutcher uh, getting an erection. Yeah. But uh, before we get into that, did you watch anything good this week, baby? Let me level with you for a second here. No, I did not. Really? However, uh -huh. I did see a couple of trailers. <laughs> well let's talk about it what do you want to talk about first okay well i know this is one that's going to be uh near and dear to your heart a little close to your recent memory this one's called crabs no don't say crabs yeah a little bit of a visceral fear <laughs> for you ah! and your genitalia no yeah you know what they're not alaskan king but they feel huge oh! <laughs> But this is Crabs the movie. They're getting near you. Hit them with the shampoo. And the only note that I have written down here is that they should show this in sex ed class. Oh, 
Boy, howdy, should they? Yeah. I implore all of you to pick up your cell phone, hit pause, and watch the trailer for Crabs. It's got a real Tremors vibe, minus the Kevin Bacon, of course. But there's some new faces, some new actors. They're picking up right where he left off. This is a mix of Zombievers mixed with Roger Corman, mm-hmm. mixed with Gremlins. Sure. This just looks so goddamn good. It is, I have a feeling this movie is going to be an absolute blast. And if you're familiar with the Fallout series, these monsters are basically the Mirelurks from part three and also uh, New Vegas. <laughs> I was literally going to say that. So uh, if I could give you some advice, make sure you use either a shotgun or a grenade. Or uh, maybe just heat up a bunch of butter. Call the neighbors. I want them to see this. So crabs, the scourge of your genitalia and mine, coming to the silver screen in theaters when? I, I actually don't know. Coming when? There, there doesn't seem to be a date. I'm sorry. When can we see this in theaters? Micah! <laughs> well, next up, we have a little film called Mal de Ojo. Mal de Ojo. Mal de Ojo. Mal de Ojo. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. Is it? I don't think yeah. we are. Mal de Ojo. Mal de Ojo. Now, I don't know if any of our listeners have noticed this yet, but Greg and I are extremely white. Yes, yeah, Spanish is not my second or even my third language. Or my fifth. But I'm pretty sure this title means the evil eye. Really? And I can only assume that this is what Ronnie James Dio has been warning us about all these years. Rock and roll! It is exactly what our Lord and Savior Dio has been warning us all these years. Now, Greg and I had a chance to actually watch the trailer. Mm -hmm. Greg, how do you feel about this movie? I'm a big fan of both cannibals, vampires, and cannibal vampires. And I did pick up a little snippet, even though I'm not exactly uh, up to par on my España. But I heard the phrase, chupa de sangre. I mean, suck. Which even I can recognize as bloodsucker. So you said vampires. I was getting Mm. witches. I mean, there's a little bit of overlap in that Venn diagram, I think, right? I don't know. I think a vampire and a witch are two different things. They don't have to be. Oh, you know what? You just watched Subspecies 2, so you're all about the witch vampires. Right? Yeah, okay. I see where you're coming from now. The historically accurate film Subspecies 2, Bloodstone. Now, uh, what Isaac brings to this movie is true horror. Okay. What exactly do you mean by true horror, my friend? It's not a bad question, Bert. True horror in the sense that it's a family member doing something nefarious. Not just nefarious, but something truly evil. It sounds like you're talking more about a courtroom drama. It's not funny! It's not! Okay, take that courtroom drama and shove it up your ass because that's not at all what I'm getting at. Now you're starting to sound like my stepdad. (laughs) I feel like this movie is going to be a mix of hereditary Hmm? mixed with something from the Conjuring universe, but not the Conjuring universe because the Conjuring universe is, to me, very weak. This looks like something very special you had me at hereditary 
Isaac is very special. Uh, he's an incredible director. He's an incredible human being. Yeah. I got a chance to meet Isaac back in 2012 at the Buffalo Screams Film Festival. Before that, though, I went to the Erie Horror Festival to watch the motion picture that, <laughs> that I was in, also starring Lloyd Kaufman. I think you're cool. After the premiere of Slime City Massacre in Erie, Pennsylvania, this black and white film started to play, and it was in, it was subtitled, you know, it was in Spanish. My third language. I didn't really know what to think, so I'm like, I, I had a, a crew of friends, and I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here, let's go to the bar. And then we stopped and we turned and we stared at the screen, and we were just blown away by what we were seeing. We were just so mesmerized by the cinematography and mm-hmm. what was actually going on this motion picture and this film was called Cosas Fias. Okay. And it was short. I believe it was around like 45, 50 minutes. Can I ask it you a quick had... question? Yeah. Were both of our names on the check that Isaac gave you or was it just yours? <laughs> Got it! Because <laughs> I think we have a conversation to have uh, once we're done recording the show. Whoa! Got it! <laughs> yeah, Isaac owes us a few, a few bucks for sure. Oh! I actually have a copy of Cosas Fias that Isaac gave me back in 2012 when I had a chance to meet him in Buffalo. I was recently told that Cosas Fias means weird and wild stuff. (laughs) Nasty stuff. Okay. Isaac also has done films that you could see on Prime. I believe maybe Netflix. I can't remember exactly. The Similars, Parallel, and uh, El Incidente, which you know, obviously the incident. I can't even explain uh, El Incidente. It looks uh, like a mind-bending adventure of interdimensional proportions involving cannibals, vampires, and also cannibal vampires. You left the witches out again. Well, and also maybe a witch or two. <laughs> Anyways, all I'm saying is that Isaac is going to be a real big deal in the horror community. This is his first real horror film, and I am just super stoked to finally see this coming out in October. I'm telling you right now to our listeners, in five years from now, Isaac will be a household name in the horror community. And we're gonna watch him celebrity box with Fede Alde Alvarez. Oh fuck, you hear that Fede? Isaac's coming for you! We're setting up right now. You heard it here first. Isaac versus Fede for the rights of the Alien franchise. Let's make it happen. Okay, well, we got some other news in store for you, and that is that Mike Flanagan, who we all know and love, Mike Flanagan, the guy behind Hush, the, the guy behind Mike Flanagan, Haunting a Bly Manor, Haunting a Hill House, fucking uh, Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Mike Flanagan is just money, and he could do no wrong, in my humble opinion. Money in the bank. Boom. There goes the dynamite. Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. And who could forget uh, Stephen King's Gerald's Game? That was kind of a sleeper hit, man. It was, like, way better than it got credit for. Not enough people talk about Gerald's Game. It was a surprisingly faithful adaptation of the original. Oh, you read it? I don't know how to read. Well, I can't write. You dumb idiot! You think we can uh, maybe help each other out here dumb idiot you be richard Pryor. i'll be gene wilder together we can read and write you are a dumb idiot so anyways 
Mike Flanagan has completed filming The Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, one of my favorite Poe masterpieces. Yeah. Your master poses. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I love uh, that one song by Master Poe where he goes, make him say, uh, <laughs> poster pieces. Yeah, I'm a real pomosexual over here. Oh, I know. I felt the pressure of your Edgar Allen. There's no official release date yet of the fall of the House of Usher. Uh, but the rumor is, is that it's going to come out sometime early in 2023. This will be coming out on Netflix. It is going to be a miniseries. Super pumped about this. I mean, we haven't really seen Mike Flanagan do anything since, since Bly Manor back in 2019. I'm ready to watch him tackle a classic. Absolutely. Now, the original movie, The uh, Fall of the House of Usher, was starring Vincent Price. Did you see that one, Greg? Of course. Classic. An absolute classic. And you, of course, you've read the the poster piece. Uh, well, no, as previously stated, I'm a little literate, so I'm going to need your help with that one. You said you can't write. I can't read. I, I, I was hoping you would read this to me. I kind of forgot because I don't think so good. No. This is going to be tough. Well, hey, think about this. Ah. You dumb asshole. Uh, Stranger Things. Okay. Okay, now season four uh, wrapped up. It ended. It was great. We all loved it. We all laughed. We all cried. Recently concluded to illustrious accolades. You haven't had a chance to check this out yet, have you? No, that's not true. Okay, well, what, what happens? Don't put me on Front Street on the show I'm here. Put, I'm, put, I'm putting you on it, man. Bad, bad Street USA right now, baby. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> who's, who's the bad guy? Uh, there was a mm-hmm. Russian. Uh, Demogorgon. Yeah. Yep. Um, that actress from Beetlejuice. Yep. yep she was in it. Yep. A little kid from It. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's who, who had some unbecoming sex scandals with older actresses. No, that's Ezra Miller. Um, oh, the Flash. Yeah. Wait a minute. Huh. Was the Flash in Stranger Things? Is that what you're getting at? Hey, he's only there for a flash. So if you blink, you might miss him. Terrible. So now, uh, as my my co-host has yet to see season four of yeah, Stranger no, no. Things. Oh, no, no, no. I've seen it. I think I proved that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I don't want to spoil anything for him, but I will point out that the actor that played Vecna, uh, mm-hmm. Jamie Campbell Bauer, also sings in a hardcore band called Counterfeit. Mm. I'm not the biggest fan of that genre. I'm more of an Iron Maiden guy myself. Yeah, me too. But uh, you know what? Not that bad. So anybody that's a fan of Stranger Things, go ahead and check out Counterfeit. Counterfeit. There's also something that I want to point out uh, when going into season five, which will be the last season. It's the one where Winona Ryder goes Super Saiyan. And she shows her pussy. It's impressive. There are very few willing to achieve this kind of power. You are so hard, even if you are so little. I know. How sad. Sad for you! Go get her! (laughs) 
so now the Duffer Brothers were recently put on blast by Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown, who is, I like saying that, Millie Bobby Brown, uh, is the actress that Millie plays Eleven. Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, she actually called them uh, big old softies for not killing off main characters. Uh, as we all know that one of the most beloved characters from season four did die. I'm not going to spoil anything because Greg hasn't watched it yet. I appreciate that, even though I have seen it actually twice. Oh, okay, okay. Who am I talking about? Um, Dave yes. Sanchez? Uh, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He passed okay. away mid, mid-season, I think it was. Now, I'm not really a Dungeons & Dragons guy, but I know a little bit about it, but it's starting to come out right now that in Dungeons & Dragons lore, it is actually a vampire that kills Vecna. Well, and there, it was... there was always a Dungeons & Dragons undertone to the whole series. Like the Demogorgon was, you know, the kids were playing the game. It's a whole fucking thing, man. Did you watch any, have you ever watched any of it? Talking about uh, Stranger Things? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I, I haven't seen any of that. Greg, it's a great show. The whole country loves it. How come you're not watching it? To be honest? Yeah. I am terrified of a Winona Ryder. It's understandable, actually. Yeah. I was stolen from once when I was mm-hmm. five years old. Never recovered yeah. from it. I wake up sweaty and screaming sometimes, thinking of Winona Ryder shoplifting from Ooh. my own home. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. It's a real phobia. Hey, little bitch. So in Dungeons and Dragons lore, it's actually a vampire that kills Vecna. Yeah. Uh, this beloved character was actually killed by bats, vampire bats. I don't think we're going to see the end of this beloved character that we all know and are talking about. This beloved character who actually busted out a sweet fucking master of puppets solo in the Upside Down. Now, Netflix is TikTok actually had something really fun where they had a bunch of fans shredding alongside this beloved character who we will not mention because my co-host hasn't fucking watched it yet. Oh, don't do Uh, me any favors. I guess this is a little surprise was that Metallica actually joined the actor and riffed along Master of Puppets. That's Uh, incredible. It actually is really fucking cool, but all I ask myself when I watch this shit is how much fucking money did Lars Ulrich get from this shit? Kate Bush got over a million dollars in fucking royalties just for streams on Spotify. Oh, she got lucky. She hit the fucking jackpot on this she one. She totally did. I used to listen to Kate Bush when I was a wee little lad back in the day, mm-hmm. and I was made fun of for it. Now Kate Bush is the greatest thing ever. Such is the ebb and flow of cultural trends, my friend. That's right. I think Eddie Vedder said it best. Jeremy fell asleep in my pool. That's how that goes, right? Didn't Jeremy blow his brains out in front of the class? I don't know. I don't actually know what the message of that song was. I assume I it was about uh, like a little kid just having a real nice afternoon coloring and impressing his teacher. Okay, cool. Yeah, coloring just... his brains all over his fellow classmates. And then going uh, home and having a nice macaroni and cheese dinner with his mother.
Thanks, Pearl Jam. You've always been the wholesome side of the Seattle grunge scene. And we love you for it. And Greg, one last thing. Jason Blum actually came out and said that we are dangerously close to a trailer to Halloween ends. Is anybody excited about this? No. Uh, Apparently, uh, John Carpenter isn't excited about it either. In In an interview recently, he reluctantly said that this film goes against everything that you know and love about the Halloween franchise. Well, that is not very promising at all. No, if if John Carpenter is going to say that, then all right, whatever. But he still said that he had fun working with uh, Joseph Gordon Green. Um, Didn't Jamie Lee Curtis come out and say that the end is just not uh, satisfying at all? Yes, she did say that because I don't think she has anything to fucking lose anymore. Because uh, her Activia contract ran out, so her colon is going to back up. She's going to die a shit storm inside of her fucking body. And I can only assume if you're in that situation, you have no choice but to be honest about the recent movie, or well, the recent trilogy that you've helped conclude. Halloween 2018 was good. I enjoyed it. Halloween Kills, I thought, absolutely fucking sucked. Evil dies uh, tonight, man. Oh, my God god in heaven we've covered this before go back and listen to our our best episode into the michael verse i think it was number like 36 oh my god it was called into the michael verse yep. um enjoy fans that's about the yeah, best that's about the closest estimate i can give you probably episode 55 i don't know um yeah, something like that you owe me a blowjob if i got that right um hold on if i lose that bet would you just call that a push I Jamie Lee Curtis also said that this film is going to anger the true fans of the Halloween franchise. Yeah, she also said it's going to upset minorities, disability victims, anyone who's ever actually worked as an actor or actress in film, SAG card holders. It's going to piss off the entire populace of the United States and half of El Salvador. She was not shy about her opinions on this movie. She said this movie will offend paraplegics, Mm -hmm. people that are uncircumcised like myself. And most importantly, the people under the stairs. This movie is going to offend Belial. It's really going to piss off Daniel Day-Lewis. This movie is going to offend Gilbert Grape. It's going to offend Macaulay Culkin. This movie is going to offend Kevin Culkin. Kevin Culkin. It's going to offend Kieran Culkin. It's going to offend Kiefer Sutherland. It's going to offend Rory Culkin. It's going to offend Ronald Reagan. It's going to offend Ronald McDonald. It's going to offend Michael McDonald. It's going to offend Michael Madsen. It's going to offend Marilyn Madsen. It's going to offend Mads Mickelson. It's going to offend Lars Mickelson. I mean, it goes without saying, but it's going to offend Lars Ulrich. And I'm pretty sure this will offend Lars Van Trier. Definitely going to offend Van Morrison. But you know who it won't offend, my friend, is this delicious beverage of Rip Van Winkle. Winkle. Oh, pleasant dreams, Montclair. Oh, I tell you what, though, that whiskey does make my nipples hard. I kind of felt that, too, to be honest. I'm just going to sit here drinking my uh, Colt 45 out of a tin can that used to have beans in it. (laughs) 
I'm tired of finding my beverages in a pile that a hobo left behind after he camped on the sidewalk. All right there, baby cakes. I think there's just one more thing to do, and that is to apologize. <sighs> this again. Yep. Matt. All right. Yes, very good, Matt. Very good. Uh, per tradition, I will go first. Um, I'm not going to apologize to the fans. Oh, I'm. Uh, this is the second time I've done this. I'm going to apologize to my beautiful mustached co-host, Greg. Oh, I almost Greg. said unprecedented, but I think this is actually precedented. It is precedented, and I'm going to press my dent against you. And that is I... that don't really know what that means i don't either but it's sexy right i felt something greg i'm really sorry that i had us review subspecies last week subspecies is a movie that you've watched before mm -hmm. obviously i've watched it a multitude of times i thoroughly enjoy subspecies but what i like more than subspecies are the sequels now okay. my co-host had a chance to finally for the first time ever view subspecies part two the bloodstone now greg how did you feel about that one well to keep it brief i'm for it and you totally like it more than the original it's a hell of a lot better than the first one it has all well you know really do you want me to get into this in the apology corner you really want to yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it. Yeah, okay. It's a better, well, it's a better movie. Yep, it starts the off with bigger, a bang. The special effects are amazing. Oh my god. Not to give too many spoilers, but uh, you know, with the head being reassembled back onto Ragu's body, it's all fucking stop motion. It's, it's beautiful. See, right there. I heard the enthusiasm in your voice and mm -hmm. I saw how your face lit up talking about part two. Okay, well, real quick, bring it back down. Okay. I'm sorry that you didn't have that enthusiasm in your voice and that look in your face last week when we covered the original subspecies movie. Well, a small part of me died, but that's okay. Yeah. But maybe in the future, we could cover part two. Maybe in the future, we could cover part three. Oh, I mean, maybe, part, maybe part, even part four, right? Uh, part four is a good time, too. Uh, not as good as two and three. But it's a different actress that plays Michelle. Much better actress. Playing Blondie? Sure. The character of Blondie is what you're talking yeah. about? You have a plethora of new characters. You have a new setting. Like I said, bigger budget. You mm -hmm. have uh, Ragu's mom, who's a witch, and she is phenomenal. Her makeup is is comparable to the freak in the movie that we're going to talk about soon. She plays uh, a, a nice, slippery old husk. Oh, God, it's fantastic. Her. So sexy. Uh, and also, we have the final boy from Friday the 13th, part seven. Yeah, you mentioned that last episode, and uh, to be honest, I was confused. Not anymore, though, because you watched part two and you know what I'm talking about. All is clear. Continue with your apology, please. So, Greg, for that, I am just so sorry. You know what? I'm so sorry that I made you rewatch the original subspecies, which I know you're not really a fan of. It's growing on me. Getting better okay. by the year. You know, cancer grows. I have to admit, the mm. first time I saw the first subspecies, which was probably, I mean, who knows, 20 years ago, didn't really leave a good impression on me. But mm -hmm. 
in the recent context mm. of our illustrious show, I had a great time. I loved the characters. I loved the settings. I loved the gore. I loved the camp. I don't want to really, uh, you know, I don't want to gush too much here. But what I will say is uh, thank you, and I accept your apology. Thank you. I feel better. I had a good time. Well, Gregory, take it away. All right. Well, I would like to take this moment to preemptively apologize to all the geeks, pinheads, snake women, Siamese twins, bearded ladies, lobster boys, mermaids, sword swallowers, human pincushions, glizzy guzzlers, fat fucks, peg legs, tattooed contessas, fire blowers, midgets, and those bitches who can cram themselves into a box for my use of the word freak for the duration <gasps> of this episode. Gasp? I use this not as a term of derision, but a mere descriptor of the penisless menace you sometimes find living in the dungeon of a castle you unexpectedly inherit from your distant relative who happens to be a duke or some shit. He's like a duchess, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, sorry, not sorry. On with the freak show. Was that okay? That was great. Was that, that was, a, really was that a good apology? Did, that was it, very did, good. It, uh, did it resonate? Yeah. Yeah, so sorry. Sorry to the freaks. So now, if you haven't guessed it yet, we are covering 1995. Stuart Gordon's third installment of H.P. Lovecraft starring Barbara Crampton, Jeffrey Combs. Yes, we are talking about Castle, Castle Freak. Freak. Castle Freak is a movie that is near and dear to my heart. I absolutely love Barbara Crampton. Mm -hmm. I love Jeffrey Combs. Mm -hmm. I love them together oh, because yeah. they play off of each other like fucking peanut butter and jelly. Like a sensual game of badminton. A real sexy game of pong. Like volleyball without your pants. Sure, an erotic game of tennis. Like chess, but you're describing your genitals. Like pickleball, but <laughs> just as sultry as it sounds. Like golf, but you're three strokes behind and you're just trying to get a good feel on your putter. But enough love about Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs. Of course, we all know and love them. But you know what? Actually, yeah, I'm going to keep sucking their dicks because the cast all stayed together just like in Reanimator a couple weeks prior to filming. This was also Barbara Crampton's idea to kind of play off of each other. Now, Greg, Greg, you notice something about this movie is how natural all the actors were with each other, right? Well, they've worked together before. Just the two. I'm talking about everyone else. I'm talking about the cops. I'm talking about the daughter. I'm talking about the housemaid. I'm talking about the freak. You're talking about the Italians. Mamma mia. mia. So Barbara Crampton actually came up with the same idea that she did for Reanimator. And that was for all the actors to stay together in an actor's house. That's a beautiful uh, thing. This was a couple weeks prior to filming. And that this is like a lost art. Camaraderie uh, on the set. Exactly. And it's all the actors 
could play off of each other. You know, they lived together, they cooked for each other, they got along, and they, most importantly, they went over on what they actually thought was scary to each other. Right. Uh, So when it came time for Stuart Gordon to say action, they all just played off of each other so fucking well, dude. Well, they lived together. They got a real sense of what one another would be terrified by. And it turns out, they all hate freaks. Now, Greg, without further ado, let's get into our list of characters. Okay, fuckface, here we go. First up, our main man, Jeffrey. He's a bad husband, a weak lover, a philanderer, an adulterer. He's a third-degree murderer, a real Combs type, and also a pretty kick-ass duke. We all know and love Jeffrey Combs. Of course. And baby, I'm just going to leave it at that. You know he's only five foot seven. <laughs> when he's laying on his back. Oh! So next we have Barbara. Baby. Who is Jeffrey's sexy but loveless wife? She's a bitter cuckold, a protective mother, a guilt tripper, a freak skeptic, and also a freak fetishizer. Oh my lord in heaven, we are talking about the one and only Barbara Crampton. Much like Jeffrey Combs, we're just going to leave it at that, but I am going to go ahead and say... This is one of the few films where we don't see Barbara fully nude. We did see her boobies a little bit, mm-hmm. but there was a scene where she's supposed to be fully naked. We'll get to that. But apparently she said, uh, Mr. Gordon, I'm just too cold to take all my clothes off. Well, that castle probably wasn't insulated so well. No, of course not. It was a castle. But this is also the role that kind of killed Barbara Crampton's career. Do you know this? I didn't do tell. All right. It's not because she was bad at acting because we all know Barbara Crampton is incredible. It all had to do with the fact that Barbara Crampton reached that age where she was being cast as a mom. Yes. Uh, and they had her dressed like a mom when Barbara Crampton still had an incredible figure. She was still young. I think she was like 32 at the time. Gotta be uh, honest. But- she had kind of a negative attitude through this whole film. And I think that was just the character, a little bit of a buzzkill. It's the fact that she was like a mom to a teenage girl. Like, I, I feel like they were trying to say she was 45 in this nah. movie when, when really she was like, like, like I said, in her early 30s. Realistically, you could be a mother to a teenage child when you're like 29. That is very true. But not, I mean, obviously not in the 90s. So Barbara kept getting casted as like mom characters in films. And then she ended up doing a bunch of soap operas until her resurgence, which I think started with Your Next. Which was fantastic. I'm actually not a big fan of that movie. Really? Really? Well, how can you sit there and call yourself a Barbara Crampton fan if you don't like Your Next? Look, man, I'm a big old cramp tonight, but in your neck, she was portrayed as like a grandma. That's okay. Yeah, Barbara Crampton is 60 years old, but she recently starred in Jacob's Wife. And if you see that movie, you see that she's got the tits of a 25-year-old. Like, she dumped those out for a sex scene. Crass, but accurate. Yeah, I said what I said. 
Barbara Crabbe is hot. Uh, yeah. Of course. And then there's Becky, who is their blind daughter, an extrasensory mutant, an inquisitive mind, and a cat whisperer. This is, of course, Jessica Dollarhide. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hate that she plays like a fucking 12 year old when clearly she's 20. Yeah, she's like uh, 25. Almost 20. Uh, let's see. She was born in 1978. The movie was in 1995. So, yeah, she's like 48. Like 55. Uh, yeah, 35 or so. 69, dude. Castle Freak was really like her main thing. Like, that, that was like really it. It is upsetting. Yeah, she was in Living Color for a couple years, the TV show in Living Color. I did enjoy uh, that show. Yeah, she was in Major Dad back in 1990. She was I in Dr. Quinn. Also enjoyed uh, both of those shows. Of course, why would you not? But uh, Castle Freak was kind of her only major feature. And she didn't even play a really big part in it. The, the, we'll talk about her. Next, we have Mr. Giannetti. I think I'm saying that right. He is the loyal family lawyer slash butler slash whatever. He's also kind of a con man and a bastard. Yeah, this is uh, Massimo Saracelli. Yeah, I was Uh, going to say that. I was going to pronounce it correctly. Go ahead. Are you saying that I did not? No, I'm just saying I have no idea what you just said. Massimo Saracelli. Okay, one more time. Massimo Saracelli. All right. That's the man that played Mr. Giannetti. Yeah, this guy, uh, he popped up in fucking who gives a shit. Next. So let's talk about Agnes for a moment. Agnes! She's the housekeeper, the wise old gypsy. She's a harbinger, a historian, and to be completely fair, an Italian stereotype. <laughs> She's just there to cook some spagoot and suck some dick. And that leaves us with Malva. 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 She's a greasy prostitute with incredibly low standards. Sex worker. No, sex worker. Sex worker. Sorry. Yes, sex worker, Greg. Come on, Greg. Come on, Greg. What was her name again? Malva. Malva. (laughs) What actually is her name? I don't think she has a name. She totally has a name. She does not. She does not have a name. I had to give her my own name, and it's Malva. You don't know my name, do you? Are you sure it's not Sylvania? Nope. I had no choice. It had to be Malva. It it rhymes with a female body part. No. Uh, Gipple. It's Sylvania. Oh. Are you sure? Yep. Oh! This actress is Raffaella Ofadani. One more time. Raffaella Ofadani. <laughs> she is actually a well-known actress who plays sex workers. Well, she certainly left an impression on me. Oh, she's in a movie in 1992 called Foxy Lady where she plays a prostitute. Sex worker. Okay. Uh, she's in a movie in 1994 called The Voyeur where she plays... A prostitute? Thanks for her. No shit. Uh, she's in a movie called Amor Willow Speciolio, where she plays Fatima, the Who prostitute. Thanks for her. Uh, and uh, that's about it. 
So then from 1995 on, she just played a real-life prostitute in real life and probably just uh, did sex work for a long time. Allegedly. Well, you said it, not me. So this leaves us with only one character left. What? He is a naked chud who lives in the castle dungeon. He's an abomination. He is a slight against God. He's a dickless monster with a hunger for tits. He is the castle freak. Nobody can eat a better than the castle freak himself. Yes, right, my friends. We are talking about Jonathan Fuller, who brought the character in Castle Freak to life. This took over six fucking hours of makeup for him to endure. I'm not just talking about the amazing prosthetics on his face. This is a full body suit. His entire body is, mm-hmm. is wrapped in latex and silicone. And the way that he moved... The sounds he made, everything he did. This movie is so fucking low budget. I can't stress it enough. He made this character and he deserved so much more and he should have done more. But really, this was it. We're going to talk about the obvious here. What? The crotch makeup. The fact that they took so much time to focus on those big succulent testicles. I know you noticed. missing dick. We all noticed, Greg. Greg! I was kind of impressed at the realism of this special effect. Now, how do you pee? I imagine it's difficult. Also, there's a lot of speculation on, like, how this actually happened. Did the mother castrate the freak? I have my own theories. Let's wait until we get there. All right, we'll, we'll, all right, leave, all right. It, uh, we'll leave it till the relevant time. Um, I like that. I'm, I'm like sure that. the fans out there, anyone who's seen the movie, probably got uh, opinions on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opinions. Realistically, this is the big important issue when it comes to 1995's Castle Freak. Where is What's the penis? What's the deal with the nub? What is, seriously, what is the deal with it? Oh! But trust me, stick with us. We'll get there. We'll let you know, because we do have a definitive answer. We have an ultimate uh, solution to that problem. We know exactly what happened to that nub. Yeah. You're just going to have to stay tuned. All right, Greg, now that we got our characters out of the way, I'm kind of upset you didn't talk about the cat. Let's get right into the fucking plot, baby. Okay, well, we open with an old man pouring milk into a saucer, and slicing meat and bread as if he's never done it before. I like that you say he, but clearly this is the witch from Pumpkinhead. Well, he lights a candle and reveals that he is actually an old woman. Papa. She seeks out her cat, Muffin, who lives in a dungeon. Puffy. Grabbing a cat oh nine tails, she unlocks a cell where she proceeds to whip the shit out of Gollum? Ah, Quasimodo. But she feeds him as well. It was almost like a chore for her to whip the shit out of this uh, Quasimodo character with a cat and nine tails. You can tell she does it on the daily. Yeah, she's like, oh, God, I gotta go beat the fuck out of this freak again. <laughs> I'm tired of beating my son into freakdom. What are you, my dad? Whoa, spoiler alert. Well, the physical exertion eventually just gives her a heart attack, leaving Gollum all alone with her. Yeah, 
and we get the title screen. And my fucking God, do we get the title screen? Not only do we get the title screen, we get the score of the movie. Full Moon really has a look, a sound, and a feel. Mm-hmm. I don't mean like the Full Moon movies that are coming out now where Charles Band has a house rented where he's pumping out like 100 movies a year, which is just so stupid. Back in the I'm day, talking, yeah. it was all castles, my friend. Dude, nothing could top a 1990s full moon movie. It was all Eastern Europe all the time. What an interesting look these movies have. It's grainy, whimsical. I, oh God, I can't even describe it. Well, it's like you said last episode, our best episode. Best episode. The environment in these 90s band films is kind of uh, a significant part of the cast. It, it's another character. So, Jeffrey and his family are driving towards the castle that they just inherited. Shining style. They had to resort to cannibalism in order to stay alive. I'm hungry. Well, you should eat my ass for me. Don't worry, Mom. I know all about cannibalism. <laughs> and their manservant, Mr. Gianetti, I think it is, helps them unpack. Yeah, Mr. Deeds. Yeah, he's like their lawyer or their fucking... Butler, I'm not sure what his role really is. Uh, he's a regular old Dom DeLuise. He'll pop back in for like two seconds later in the film. A couple times. So Gianetti explains that Jeffrey is a low-key duke due to his Ooh. distant relation to royalty. Unfortunately, his relatives were broke as fuck. You know what? It seems like if you get that email saying that you're inheriting a, a castle... Yeah, open it, cause chances are you are from a an Estonian prince or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. So Jeffrey asks Gianetti how soon they can liquidate this castle, just turn this property into straight cash, because he wants the money, and he doesn't want to deal with any freaks. Oh no! I mean, would you? And this is where they meet Agnes. Did we talk about Agnes? We talked about Agnes. I yeah. like Agnes. A good old stereotypical Italian old woman. You gotta have an Agnes. It's a very important role to this kind of full moon feature. A very, very, very important role. She's the housekeeper who just kind of comes with the castle, right? She does. You inherited the property. You also inherited this woman's life, her job, her livelihood. You're responsible for her and her and- kids. And, who, you know, whatever she's doing outside of the castle, you influence that. Now that you own this castle, Mr. Duke. And her And this is where Barbara immediately demands that she wants dinner and a separate bedroom for her and her husband. I think at this point in the movie, we should really point out that the daughter, Becky, is blind as shit. Mm-hmm. We'll find out why in just a moment. She's a regular old daredevil. Bears a striking resemblance to one Ben Affleck. See, the sad thing about a guy like you is in 50 years, you're going to start doing some thinking on your own, and you're going to come up with the fact that there are two certainties in life. One, don't do that. And two. Agnes insists that they sell the castle and leave soon, as soon as possible. Otherwise, they're just fucking doomed. Agnes might be onto something here. Yeah. She's a regular old harbinger, 
you know, but without a gas station. Yeah, the usual role. When an old woman like this tells you you got to fuck off, she's probably not playing around. Yeah, you should probably fuck off. Yeah, she get the fuck out of this castle because there's a freak in the basement. Wow, girl. That she's been raising with the milk of her teat for 20 years. 20. I don't know if that's a fact. I don't know if it's actually a plot point. It's not. She actually doesn't know he exists. Mm-mm. You fool! So right about now, it's revealed that Jeffrey and Barbara are having marital issues. Oh, yeah. Due to his history of infidelity. They prefer to sleep in separate rooms, as she said earlier to Agnes. So naturally, that night, Jeffrey has restless dreams. I like that you say infidelity and not the fact that he got really drunk and crashed the car with both the kids at the car. Well, causing Becky to go blind and their other kid, JJ, to uh, uh, die. Yeah, turns out this is exactly what he's having a nightmare about right now. It was the time that he drove drunk and killed his favorite son in a car accident. Oh, he bored his only son. son and blinded his daughter. Bored. She turns out it's something that she's not going to forget so easily. No, because she's uh, blind. Yeah, harbors a little bit of resentment towards her old man for that truck driving I mean, I certainly would, wouldn't you? So he wakes up, shaking and sweaty, and searches for his deceased son, JJ, in the bowels of the castle. But he only finds a bottle of wine, which is his only one true weakness. But he decides, no, I'm not going to do it, and he sets it down. Well, he tries to set it down, but he's kind of an idiot, and he ends up just cutting the shit out of his hand. Classic Combs move. So in comes Agnes to help him out, wrap him up, give him a little bit of first aid. And she reveals the true story of the castle freeze. (laughs) Turns out he's just the son of the Duchess and Daniel Day-Lewis. Did you say Daniel Day-Lewis? Mm-hmm. That's a compliment. So Becky stares blindly in her bed listening to Hooked on Phonics on tape when Jeffrey busts in and invites her to blindly check out the rest of the castle. Oh, that's a very good play on words. Yeah, let's go take our uh, blind daughter out for a nice stroll through the castle. Did we mention that she's blind? Ah, I think we mentioned that she's uh, she's blind. She's a regular old Helen Keller, but she can hear. Well, that's not exactly the same. After a bit of exploring the castle, they find a room full of George's sticky toys. (laughs) Jeffrey decides to fuck with his blind daughter by asking her to help him find some jewelry. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I feel like this is like a a, a weird, like, goony situation. They're playing it as slapstick, but it's really just a cruel joke from a father uh, to a blind daughter. Like, why would you do this? This is a regular old Mr. Magoo bit. They're planting the seeds for Jeffrey Combs' character as just being a total piece of shit. Yeah. So eventually, he comes across the bloody cat of nine tails that the Duchess used to whip George into freakdom so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that where he's like, what is this used for? Like, geez, maybe the Duchess was a fucking freak and she liked to get her ass fucking demolished by this cat nine tails perhaps the title castle freak 
has multiple meanings. Ooh, Ooh. I like that a lot. Maybe this is a little bit of character depth. Yeah. Perhaps we could analyze this further. Analyze it. Yeah, you know, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to move right along. This is damn that scary. We're not getting into fucking uh, postmodern art. We're not getting into fucking any kind of psychological analysis of this character. Fuck it. Well, I thought we were. Too bad. And this is where Becky decides to wander off after hearing a mysterious scratching in the distance. I like that where she's like, oh, you hear a scratching and Jeffrey Combs is like, not now, I'm looking at pictures. Yeah, he's a little distracted. It turns out he really does not care so much for his family. Would you? No. Exactly. But Becky eventually comes across the Duchess's Oh, you're talking about the cat. Who Ooh, leads her. I like it. To the freak dungeon. Hey! Basically, the freak is down there just like, I'm going to say maybe like minutes away from dying, maybe a day away from dying. But instead, he hears the voice of this beautiful young blind girl and then sees her and decides, you know what? I am going to have a second chance at life. He gets very excited. I, I think it's more of an arousal, a, a dickless arousal mm -hmm. uh, at the smell of this young woman, the sight of her, the sound of her. And of course, you know, he just wants to touch her. So naturally, she ends up taking a blind tumble down a ramp. She overhears the freakish sobbing of the freak <laughs> in a cell. <laughs> Unfortunately, she comes upon his bedpan. And I can only assume she was drawn to it by every other sense that she has besides sight right so this yeah uh, the pheromones <laughs> coming from it yeah it's not cool it's not a good time no probably not she almost licked it i mean wouldn't you that girl is pretty kinky Ow. so george tries to keep his masturbating to a somewhat silent minimum to avoid detection but naturally he ends up eating the duchess's cat out of frustration no, he eats it for energy and sustenance. Okay. And this is what gives him life. But you know what, Greg? This isn't going to be the last pussy he's going to eat. I tell oh. you what. Oh. All right, spoilers. Oh. So Barbara scolds Becky for wandering off. Of course. She bitches at Jeffrey for endangering her daughter once again. As if getting in a drunken car crash wasn't enough. Yeah, how dare you let our blind daughter wander a boot a castle? Right? But like, in Jeffrey's defense, it's like, we can't watch her forever. I mean, she's blind. She's clearly 38, but, you know, she's also 12. Who knows? But down in the dungeon, Georgie, the freak, struggles against his chains and eventually breaks free. By, by breaking free, he literally bites his fucking thumb off. Oh my God, hey. it's a mirage. Hey, hey. He bites off his thumb and it's sabotage. Hey. Wow, it's such a freaky scene. He has the great idea to bite his thumb into a mush to escape his shackles, which he probably could have done like a long time ago, right? Like this, is, it, he just thought of this now. Yeah, I mean, he never did it before because he was scared of uh, Papa Grandma or whatever the fuck that haggard bitch was yeah well she had a heart attack so he probably could have done this a long fucking time ago well he was tired so our main man freak george roars in triumph to celebrate his newfound freedom 
Much like that. Yep. Becky insists that they aren't alone in this castle. And of course, Barbara, the skeptic, just is like, okay, yeah, sure. All right, yeah. There's no freak in the fucking dungeon. Why would that ever happen? I can't imagine moving into a Romanian castle and some sort of entity like living in it. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why don't you shut the fuck up, my only daughter who's blind and can sense things? Like Daredevil. Ben Apple. I don't like the sound of them apples, Will. Or the other guy who played it in the series. Uh, Clive Owen. Doug Affleck. <laughs> They're just all blind. Not funny. Do you think the Affleck brothers both played Daredevil at some point in their careers? And that's one of the things that they argue about at Thanksgiving. Yeah, just like the Olsen twins. Or the Culkins. Or the Baldwins. Or even the Kardashians. Yeah, or the Bridges. Well, even better, let's talk about the Sheens. Whoa, Emilio! Emilio! What about the Osbournes? And even the Wilsons. Even the entanglement of the Smiths. Well, not to mention the Murphys. Let's not forget about the Skarsgårds. All right. But what about the Jacksons? You got Michael. You got Tito. Yeah, fuck all that shit. What about the Wayans? Oh, of course. That's right, because you got Damon Wayans. You got Marlon. You got Dwayne Wayans. You got, uh, Sean Wayans. You got Daphne Wayans. Is that a real person? Yeah. I think there's a Damon Jr. Greg Waynes. Michael Waynes. That's not real. Daphne Ivory Waynes. Oh, come on. Kyla Waynes. There's too many. Shiante Waynes. Craig Waynes. Yep. Craig. Craig. Caramia Waynes. Jolie Ivory Wayne, Snadia yeah, okay. Wayne, right, right. Yadre yeah, Wayne, yeah, Danny Wayne, Elvira Wayne, Nayla Wayne, Al Wayne, Kim Wayne. There's a lot of Wayne's. I get it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Ivory Wayne. Tell me, I sure had a beautiful family. Why, thank you, Fire Marshal Bill. Now, how can we help you? Let me show you something. Hey, Fire Marshal Bill, your is on fire. That's nothing. And this is where. Our titular castle freak emerges from his cell, naked and curious. He smashes a mirror, which confuses both Jeffrey and Barbara. Yeah, Barbara's all like, oh, great, another seven years of bad luck. But Jeffrey's trying to explain that, oh, the wood is old. It's a temperature change. Things warp. Well, he's a little bit delusional. I think he doesn't want to believe that there might be some kind of, uh, let's just call it a monster in his house. Yeah, I mean, it could be something supernatural, too. I mean, we don't know yet. <laughs> Obviously, we know we know what's going on. but Yeah, but he's in denial. He's in full denial about this freak that's about to menace his family. Freak! That night, super freak Georgie hovers suggestively over Becky's sleeping body. She awakens, smelling an air of feces, and she flips the fuck out, drawing the attention of both of her parents. Yeah, well, he was totally trying to get a sneak peek of her goodies there. Well, he does have an obsession with tits. I really like the taste. Uh... I mean, 
So do I. So does the world. All of Westeros. So Jeffrey searches the castle with a giant log in hand, and he is ready to brain some freaks. Oh, no. But Georgie pulls the old hide-under-the-sheet routine. Hey, it worked for me when I was a kid. He kissed like my dad. Freaky George stalks him back to his cell, where he finds a portrait that looks just like his involuntarily manslaughtered son, JJ. Yeah. And this is where some extremely Italian cops show up, but they are very reluctant to help. Jeffrey Combs, I'm not going to say he overacts here, but he really, really gets into this scene where he marches in a circle, pointing his finger everywhere, demanding the cops to search every inch of this castle. Yeah, I believe the term is chewing the scenery. Okay. But if anyone can do it, Jeffrey Combs can fucking do it. Good old JC. He is an absolute professional at chewing scenery. For some reason, when he does it, it just kind of works. So good. But of course, these cops only insult Jeffrey, who tries to show Barbara the picture of JJ, but when he goes back into the cell, it's gone. Forever. Dead forever. Just like JJ. So naturally, Barbara assures him that he is crazy and probably drunk again. Their son, JJ, is dead. He died in a car accident. It was a long time ago. She guilt trips the shit out of him for being a drunk piece of shit. And this is, honestly, the ultimate block because for some reason, he thinks he's going to get some out of this. But yeah, she straight up tells him that JJ is gone. He is dead forever. Forever. For fucking ever. Go fuck yourself, JJ. But yeah, he totally like they they embrace in a hug and he just starts necking her, dry humping her. And it's like, now's not the time. Yeah, really uh, read the room, Jeffrey. So she's like, you're acting like a child. You're acting like a horny child. Guilty as charged. Which really doesn't do it for adult me, Barbara Crampton. I mean, I would have done the same thing. Oh. So he goes to the roof to consider suicide but instead decides it's time to have a Jack Torrance moment at the local bar. Oh, finally, he's going to let loose and have himself a cocktail or two. Right. His wife's been guilting him about it this whole time. He's been fucking sweating. He's been shaking. He's been just waiting. I got to get to that bar. I got to drink some whiskey. You might as well let your balls hang out a little bit, right, Jeffrey? (laughs) What are you, my dad? And there he meets Mulva. Oh, Mulva. Did you say Mulva? Mulva. Mulva with a V. Mulva. Oh, okay. Like Volt. Did you get the joke? Like Volva? Yeah. Yeah, it's from Seinfeld. Oh. Do you remember that show? No. There's a guy named Jerry on it. I heard it's a show about nothing. Well, it was a show about Volva. But there he meets Mulva. Yeah, Mulva. <laughs> Fucking ass. Who is a filthy Italian... Sex worker. Yeah, thank you. Finally got it right. Whom he takes back to the dungeon and seduces by pouring wine all over her torso. He needed a good dish to pair that Pinot with. So he thought some pussy would be the fucking perfect dish to pair it with. But also, this sex scene is so uncomfortable. Mm. Because first off, obviously, you have the freak Giorgio. (laughs) 
he makes a few very bad judgment calls in this. Oh, very, very bad. First off, he's, he's literally like a floor underneath where his wife and blind daughter are. He's in a stone catacomb full of fucking bottles of wine. And he's like, shut the fuck up. You don't want us to be interrupted now. Do you? Yeah, I understand that maybe a an Italian prostitute that you find at a bar on a whim is just up for anything. But if you go back to a castle and bring her down to a dungeon, you think she maybe would have some qualms? But she is completely unfazed by this. As a matter of fact, she's so unfazed, she lets Jeffrey Combs fucking eat that pussy. Jeff has a real hunger for the bruschetta. I mean, you know that pussy is full of spaghetti. A nice saucy spagoot. Try the veal. It's half off. George watches freakily as they get it on. Oh, and I love this, this too, is that Jeffrey Combs is the type to just pull his putt out of the hole in his trousers. Oh, yeah. He has his suit on. His shirt's still tucked in. He is pretty much fully clothed while he is uh, <clears throat> servicing this prostitute. You call oh, servicing. Sex worker, sex worker, I, sex I, I, don't, I don't even know if I call this servicing. It's literally five pumps. Yeah, it's probably about 10 seconds of work. Yeah, but at the same time, you know he doesn't have time to masturbate between work and taking care of his blind daughter and dealing with Barbara. To be fair, he is trying to hide it from his wife. So he's made- Yeah, absolutely. So he's got to make it quick. He's got to be hasty. But stupidly, he didn't seem to realize until it was over that he was paying for it. Uh, but yeah, of course, you know, he gives, gives her a handful of money, but also I love the fact that like this 1995, he bare this Italian sex worker that he just met, doesn't speak a lick of English. And he totally left a whole fucking uterus full of nut in her. Holy fuck is this wrong? Honestly? Yeah. If there wasn't a castle freak lurking around. Yeah. This would have been a whole different movie for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? This would have yeah. been a fucking dramatic tragedy in which he fucking uh, deals with his wife, deals with this sex worker, maybe has a son, a new son to replace JJ. It could have been a whole different fucking thing. That could have been it right there. But instead, we have Georgie the Freak, Super freak. stalking this Italian sex worker as she clumsily navigates her way out of this labyrinthian castle dungeon. I don't even know if it's much of a labyrinth, but I also love that Jeffrey's just like, okay, sex worker that I just fucked and paid and just met, go wander through the place that I'm living in. Well, he just kind of leaves in one direction and he's like, hey, find your own way out. Yeah. Like, I I already gave you your money. I guess we're done. I'm going to go make sure my wife didn't hear any of that. And by so, he just falls asleep in a corner, right? And because of his negligence, yep. our titular castle freak finds her and freaks her for the second time this evening. Oh, does she get freaked? I really love to chase Mulva wakes up in the freak dungeon where Georgie reveals to her, there's no real way, no easy way to say this, that he has eaten his own wiener. Kinky! What? But somehow... He is still hungry for tittery. So he mimics exactly what Jeffrey does mm. and uh, starts sucking on her titties, but he doesn't just suck. He eats. I really like to. Hey! He's been deprived for a long time. Yeah, he doesn't have a dick. 
I mean, really, what has he actually been surviving on in this cell uh, ever since the Contessa died? He ate the probably, cat. Probably his shit. He's eating, like, mold and moss. Yeah, um, definitely. The occasional rat that runs by. That can't be often. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens. Like, Rats are attracted to shit. My question is, what has he been living off of? Shit, you just answered it. Just shit. Yeah, shit and rats. He's been eating shit and rats. Shit and rats. That's how it works when you're when you're confined to a cell, like a medieval cell. You eat shit and rats. Yeah. Okay. So after he chomps on her titties, he decides that he's gonna mimic Jeffrey and by eating her pussy. Yep. Therefore, the second pussy he eats in the movie, and I just don't mean the term "eat pussy." I mean he literally eats her pussy. What was a cat? Yeah, like a like a pussy cat. But he ate her pussy. It was a ginger pussy. Yeah, but the sex worker, he ate her pussy. He literally eats it. You're talking about the, the second one. Yeah, it was a it was the sex worker's pussy. Yeah, that wasn't a cat. That was a that was a woman. I oh. Jeffrey is now being investigated for murder by the greasy police. <laughs> Mr. Gianetti extorts him for protection and tells him the story of the castle freak. He informs him that this is his lineage. His mother fucked a freak. His grandmother fucked a freak. His father fucked a freak and moved to America. It's all very convoluted. It doesn't matter. It all just eventually results in a freak being in his castle dungeon. Thus, the title Castle, Castle Freak. Freak. Castle Freak. So Agnes decides to venture into the dungeon, which doesn't seem like a real smart move. But she totally sees the, the, the sex worker all chewed up and chomped to shit. And this, to me, is the most terrifying scene of the movie. Oh my God, yes. Where uh, our titular Castle Freak beats Agnes to death with the chains. This is just, this is heavy shit, dude. She intrudes on Super Freak George chowing down on Mulva's half-alive husk, and she gets bored. bored! Agnes, you are dead forever. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. This is where Barbara wisely decides that she's going to leave with Becky. She's done with Jeffrey. She's tired of his drunken shit. She doesn't want to deal with freaks. She doesn't want to deal with castles. She just wants to get the fuck out of town, go back home, and just live a quiet life. Free, she free. doesn't want to deal with this sex worker shit. She should have done this two years ago when he killed JJ in that car accident. Right? Yeah. So the police are quickly closing in on her husband, Jeffrey. La policia. Marcello. He frantically pleads his innocence, but is arrested anyway. Jeffrey comes acting in this is over the top, but it is so fucking good. That's his signature. He is so good at this role. Oh my God, he's phenomenal. So he begs the police cops to save his family, but they're way too Italian for his shit. They just slap them all. They just slap him silly. Mommy! Meanwhile, Freak George is eating piggies one by one in the castle. Is he eating piggies? The, the cops. Oh my God! Fool! <laughs> he takes out one pig. He takes out two pigs. 
He takes out a red pig. He takes out a blue pig. And he does it with rhythm and rhyme. Yeah, and he decides it's time to go after the blind daughter that he covets so. I really like to kiss her. You kiss like my dad. The blind daughter, Becky, who is now praying to God, please help me put my family back together again, because clearly we've had all these issues ever since we moved into this castle uh, that may or may not have a freaking basement. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I like that it was the issue started when they moved in the castle. Like, yeah. your dad is a fucking drunk that blinded you and killed your brother, but whatever. It may have started a long time ago. Yeah, definitely. That ship has sailed. But of course, this is a prayer that is clearly ignored because Georgie busts into the scene, knocks out her mom, and blind naps her. Easy to do, really. He removes his sheet mask like the Phantom of the Opera. Revealing his disfigured face. But his song of seduction is mostly just grunts and sexual whimpers. Oh man, this is getting really intense and really exciting, Greg. Uh, would you say this is like uh, the climax of the film? Oh my God, it is. This is where Barbara pops in just in time to use her titties as a distraction. She stabs his hypnotized ass and escapes. He gives chase by busting through a window, revealing his full dickless glory in the moonlight. The women hide in an armoire as he freaks his way through the master bedroom until he finds the cat o' nine tails that tormented him his entire captive freak life. He wastes no time whipping the shit out of the offending furniture until he somehow hurts himself and stumbles out of the room. Barbara emerges with her blind topless daughter who blindly and cartoonishly breaks a vase revealing their location to the naked boob obsessed freak. He menaces them in the rain unashamed of his wiener stump. Until Jeffrey motherfucking Combs arrives to battle him on the goddamn roof. He effortlessly fucks him up. But this freak is naked and relentless. Jeffrey finally takes out all of his drunken, emasculated anger by sacrificing himself to murder the freak and save his family that he himself tormented for all of these years. They reluctantly hold a funeral for his dead ass, which devolves into an orgy of the damned where everyone gets laid and it's the end oh i love this fucking movie greg i know it did you did great i'm so proud of you this movie's fantastic i absolutely love a good full moon pictures from the 90s of course it's got it's got tits it's got uh fuckery with the pud through the hole in the pants it's got castle freaks it has a significant castle freak i could uh this also did stem a remake that came out a few years ago uh that absolutely sucked it was produced by barbara crampton uh eh, of course not so great they, yeah they did the whole gender swap with the freak and there was like a weird reverse rape scene in it eh. and then it's revealed that uh herbert west is in it at the very end of the movie which is fucking weird because it's not even eh. jeffrey combs og castle freak i'm giving it a four out of five scaries i'd say it's rewatchable like 
years apart from each other. Okay. How do you feel about this, Greg? Totally honest. Yeah. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Castle Freak might be one of my recent most favorite movies. Yeah. The plot's a little bit simple, but the incorporation of amazing actors like Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, classic staples from all of uh, some of your old school favorites. You'll recognize them from a lot of other movies. It's based on H.P. Lovecraft's work, The Outsider, and also maybe uh, just a little bit on uh, the Dunwich Horror. Yeah, Dunwich Horror. It's got literary chops. The effects aren't bad either. You know, the skin suit that the freak's wearing, you look at his, uh, his facial prosthetics, the teeth, the blood. He's gross looking. There's a couple shots at the end of the movie that are legitimately terrifying where he's menacing the women in the moonlight oh yeah right yeah with his uh you know his stumped off genitalia there he's doing the best he can it's a little upsetting the acting is what you would expect there's a few actors who only speak in italian which is offensive to me (laughs) because i can't understand it (laughs) so yeah really gotta dock a point for that five out of five Oh, oh man! Great yeah. score, Greg. All right, man. So, with that said, what are you thinking for next week? Well, I'm thinking we go back to the full moon. Pictures. The full moon, uh, or the full moon? The full moon, moon. The werewolf full moon, or we're we thinking a more broader sense of the full moon. Let's go broad. Because we've been uh, we've really been stretching this for a little bit. I'm stretching which part? Well, the terminology. I think we've been doing you full know- moon. Uh, Full moon summer. You know what, Greg? Craig. I fancy a werewolf movie, actually. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, right? I got a werewolf movie in mind. It involves a moon. Okay. And some werewolves. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a wolf or two. Maybe a man who uh, transforms into a wolf. Yeah, that's what you're thinking? No. Oh. Well, fuck it. How about you all just fucking love each other? Yeah, care for one another. But most importantly, damn, that's scary. Look, man, I'm a big old cramp tonight. (laughs) You're pickling your balls. (laughs) What are you, my dad? (laughs) Dude, hey, can we get drunk?